Well, we are a couple of weeks away from starting our Inspired series, and this is a seven-week series that we're going to be doing as a church, um, all about the Bible and what the Bible is and why we have the Bible and how to read it and engage with it, and we're really excited about getting into that in two weeks' time. Next week, we've got uh, Dennis Nizio with us as a guest speaker, and uh, he will be here morning and evening next week. And then the week after that, the 15th, uh, we'll be launching our Inspired series. So this morning, what I kind of thought I would do is just lay the foundation, the groundwork for some of that series, and just to get us ready for that in a couple of weeks' time. And I want to do that by looking with you today at an Old Testament story, an Old Testament hero, as the girls were looking at this morning, and a New Testament parable that Jesus told about the Word of God. I want to start off with you in 1 Samuel chapter 3, which is an Old Testament story about a young boy who grows up and learns what it is to hear God speaking to him. And the story is told in in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I'll just read the story for you. It's about a little boy called Samuel who's been taken by his mother and dedicated to God, and he grows up in the temple of God, in the temple courts of God, under the leadership of Eli, the priest. And the boy Samuel, in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. And one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, and he went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I I did not call, go back and lie down. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. The Lord came and he stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And so the Lord begins to speak to Samuel and he tells him what's going to happen to the people of Israel and to Eli's household. And then we pick up in um, verse 19 of that chapter. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. That's the Old Testament story. And then if you uh, turn to Luke chapter 8, I want to just reference a New Testament parable that Jesus told, a little story that he 
used to demonstrate to people what it was to listen to and receive the Word of God. In chapter 8 of Luke's Gospel and verse 4, while a, lar- a large crowd was gathering and people coming to Jesus from town after town, he told them this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. And some fell on rock, and then, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Another seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant, and he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that through those seeing they may not see, and though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God, and those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. And the seed that fell among thorns stood for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So an Old Testament story and a New Testament parable, but speaking really of the same thing, of a God who speaks, of a God who speaks to us through his word, through the word of God, that we are people that can hear the word of God and receive it. And in the parable that Jesus told, he speaks of the word of God as seed that is sown like a farmer sowing seed. And he says that there are four different types of soil that the seed falls into. And according to where the seed falls, Uh, It it depends on whether it produces fruit or a crop in people's lives. It's the same word, it's the same word of God, but there are different receptions to that. And in verse 18 of Luke's Gospel, the warning comes, which kind of is, is us preparing ourselves as well for this inspired series. The warning comes, therefore, consider carefully how you listen the, the prophet Samuel, when he was a little boy and he heard the voice of God, he didn't know it was the voice of God. So have this almost comic effect of him running into Eli and saying, you called me, and he said, I didn't call you, and this goes backwards and forwards until Eli instructs Samuel, the young boy, to, to say these words, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Be careful, therefore, Jesus says in Luke 8, be careful, therefore, how you listen. Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, there is something I'm looking for, a person simple and plain, reverently responsive to what I say. The same input, but different output in people's lives. We like to watch, in our family, we like to watch the sitcom Frasier. Frasier is a a radio psychologist, and his tagline is, I'm listening. 
I'm listening. That's his tagline of his radio show. People ring in and tell him their problems, and then he gives them his advice over the radio. I'm listening is Fraser's tagline. And yet one time, a woman calls him, and she starts to tell him her problem. And her problem is that she can't sleep. She's got insomnia. So she's pouring out her problem to Frasier, who's listening on the radio. I'm listening. And she says, I can't sleep. I'm suffering from insomnia. I'm at the end of my tether. But as she's speaking to him, he gets distracted by something, by someone. And he doesn't hear a word that she says. And then she gets to the end of her problem. And she says to him, as he phases back in, she says, so what would you advise that I do? Having not been sleeping and having insomnia. So he's not listened, he's not heard, and he quickly says something that he thinks will be a generic answer. He says, well, if I were you, I would sleep on it. <laughs> Some of us are better than, at listening than others, aren't we? Some of us are very good listeners. Some of us, perhaps, are not so good. But, but Proverbs 2, verse 2 says, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. As we go into this inspired series, uh, we're going to hear certain stories. One of the stories that we will hear is of um, the, uh, the beginnings of what is, became known as uh, HMV, the record store, uh, which stands for His Master's Voice. And uh, the, the image that uh, was taken and used as the logo of HMV, His Master's Voice, was a dog uh, with its head tilted on one side. The dog was called Nipper and would listen for his master's voice and recognize it and would listen clear, clearly. And, and the image of the dog with his head tilted listening to the gramophone is the image that was used for his master's voice. So we're going to be getting into that in this series and how to listen well. But in Luke chapter 8, uh, I found this verse that, that speaks of um, the way that we are to listen well. And there's four things that are in this verse. It's Luke chapter 8, verse 15. And it represents the soil that is good soil and that will produce a crop when the word of God comes to it. And there are four things that we find in there. But the seed on good soil, this is Jesus speaking, stands for those with, first of all, a noble and a good heart. Secondly, who hear the word. Thirdly, those that retain it. And fourthly, that by persevering, produce a crop. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, who retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. I just thought we could look through those four things this morning that as we get ready for Inspired, that we are these people that, that, that we have prepared our hearts as best as possible to have this good soil that as we spend these next couple of months together, this autumn, looking at the Word of God together, that we will be that people that have a good and noble heart, that hear the Word of God, that retain it, and that by perseverance produce a crop in our lives. The first point that Jesus said, if we're going to have good soil uh, to receive the Word of God, is that we must have a good and noble heart. The theologian, if you remember him, do you remember Fogel Sharkey? A good heart these days is hard to find. And uh, he sang a song back in the day. A good heart is hard to find. Have a good, those that have a good and noble heart. Proverbs 4 verse 23 in the message version says, Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life 
starts. And we're given contrast throughout the Bible um, between characters that have a heart that is soft and good and noble and open to God and those that are not. We have it in the story of Samuel in that the story of Samuel represents a contrast between Eli's sons who did not have a good and noble heart and who did their own thing and Samuel who developed a soft heart and developed the ability to hear the voice of God and said, speak God, your servant is listening. And there are many contrasts in the Bible for those who have developed a heart that is receptive to the word of God, those that have a good and noble heart and those that have hardened their heart. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men, whereas Eli's sons were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. I think the first thing that we can do when it comes to our heart, we can ask God for a new heart. He renews our heart. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, moreover, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. The activity of God in our lives softens our hearts and produces hearts that are soft and ready to receive his word. We can also incline our heart to understanding. Make your ear, it says in Proverbs 2 verse 2, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. Like that dog listening to his master's voice. Incline your ear. We've got a dog called Sam and uh, when you call him or you, and he hears your, your name, um, he tilts his head and he, he listens. And we have to incline, we can incline our heart, the Bible says, to hear God's word. We can soften our stance and we can be the one that has a tilted head that is ready to hear the voice of God. We can also develop and keep a soft heart and it's important that we do so as we go through life. Proverbs 28 verse 14 says, How blessed is the one who fears always, but the one who hardens their heart will fall into calamity. And the psalmist says in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In the weeks coming uh, ahead, as we study together the Word of God and as we go through this inspired series, I want to ask you to develop an impressionable heart, like a piece of plasticine or something very malleable, that when something is pressed upon it, it, is, it takes upon it the indent of that which is it's soft enough. If you've got hardened clay, it will not receive an indent. But if we have softened clay, softened hearts... Before God, as we come into this series, if we incline our ear and we incline our hearts, those that have a good and noble heart, the Bible says in Jesus' parable in his story, and the Old Testament story of Samuel, Samuel was the one that was ready and inclined to listen and to hear God's voice. He didn't harden his heart. So we want to be those in the coming weeks that have an impressionable heart, that the, it's very easy for us to receive the word of God, that whether we are listening on a Sunday or whether we are meeting in our homes in a small group or whether we're at home with our notebooks and uh, we're listening to the daily devotions, we have a soft and an impressionable heart that we are expecting God to speak to us. And I'd really like you to go into this series with that expectation 
to have that same attitude as, as Samuel, speak, Lord, because your servant is listening, because God wants to speak to you and impress things on your heart. It's important as we come into this that we do have a soft heart. Things that harden our hearts sometimes are bitterness. If we get a bitter heart, if we get a cynical heart, we can, we can grow hard to the things of God and to his voice. We can get a hard, a cynical, a bitter heart. And the Bible says, keep vigilant watch over your heart because that's where life flows from. That's where the life of God flows. So keep short accounts with God. Open yourself up before God on a regular basis. Be people of a noble heart that can receive the word of God. The second thing in this little verse that Jesus uh, says when he's highlighting the good soil of the four soils that can receive the word of God that is sown, he says, he says here, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, who hear the word. We have to put ourselves in a place where we hear the word of God, where we are in a place of receptiveness. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 17 that faith in our lives, and, and Amy and Katie referenced that this morning, but faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. That when we hear God's word, faith comes to us. We believe what God says, and we live our lives according to it. That is how faith grows in our lives, when we hear the word of God. And the more that we hear God's word in our lives, the more we begin to recognize our master's voice. The more we incline our ear to hear what God might be saying to us, that we recognize, like Samuel, that we can hear the voice of God, that God wants to speak to us. We see this lovely progression in Samuel's life from a young boy who does not recognize God's voice at all to an old prophet who can hear the word of God and speak it to the people of Israel. So in, in 1 Samuel 3, the passage we just read, then the Lord called to Samuel and he ran to Eli. No clue. Uh, you spoke, Eli, and it's God speaking. He doesn't recognize the voice of God in the first instance. And then through the instruction of Eli, he starts to tentatively say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then God comes and he meets with Samuel and he starts to speak to him about what's going to happen with the people of Israel and with the family of Eli. And then we read towards the end of that passage in 1 Samuel 3.21, the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And the way that we hear the word of the Lord is something that we do individually as individual people but also collectively as the people of God. In the Old Testament times, particularly in Bible times, the people would come together to hear the word of God read. There was a great revelation of God's word through Ezra and through Nehemiah and through the prophets. And collectively, it wasn't an individual thing, collectively the people would hear the word of God. Eugene Peterson, who I've quoted on a number of occasions, speaks of the, the Shekinah, or the glory of congregation, the importance of collectively together hearing God's word, coming together to hear God's word preached 
and sung and celebrated in communion and prayer. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. We have made ours sometimes, I think, a very individualistic faith. We have our nice leather Bibles and we have our daily reading notes and we have our God TV. But we should never neglect or underestimate the place of congregation, both in the smaller group setting and our larger gatherings. So in these coming weeks, as we study together in Inspired, we're going to come and we're going we're to bring our notebooks, our Inspired notebooks. And on a Sunday each week, there are session, sections here for you to take notes during the message, to take notes and to listen to the Sunday teaching collectively as we listen to what the Word of God is and why we have it and how we can read it. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 1 and we're going to be looking at Psalm 19 and Psalm 119. And we're going to be looking at the breadth of Scripture. And I think it's going to be a wonderful learning curve as we hear the Word of the Lord and as we understand together the Word of God. I'm excited by this because I think if you've been a Christian a long time, I think this is going to refresh your and my kind of expectation and engagement with God's Word, that God is still speaking to you. If you're in your 60s or your 70s or your 80s or your 90s and you've been coming to church a long time, God's still got things to say for you. But if you're brand new to church and brand new to faith, we're going to be explaining and working together on what the Word of God is and how I can hear it and how I can understand it and how I can read it for myself, how I can hear the Word of God. And we're going to be dividing it up morning and evening as well. If you're a morning person, we're going to encourage you for this series, if you can at all, to come in the evening as well because we're going to be doing different things. So in the morning, we're going to be looking at the how, the why, and the what of the Bible, the great story of the Bible, how it all fits together. But in the evening, we're going to take the timeline of the Bible from Genesis right through to Revelation. We're going to show it you all. We're going to get the books out, and we're going to talk through the great sweep of the Bible and how it all fits together. And from, from the creation story right through to the end of time, from the prophecies to the writings to the poetry to the history and the gospels and the letters, we're going to be looking at how it all fits together. We're going to look at the great spread of the story of the Bible. We're going to be hearing the Word of God. So it's going to be a great time together to do that. But we're also going to be through our books as well. And on a daily basis, we're going to be hearing the word of the Lord. So we're going to be teaching and working together on, on how do I read a passage of scripture? How do I read it? How do I meditate on it? How do I pray it? How do I respond to it and apply it to my everyday life? And also every day we're going to be playing a little daily devotional video for you that's been recorded by a number of people in the church, 42 videos over our six, seven weeks. So every day you can listen to, literally listen to, the word of God and the passage of Scripture. You can read it for yourself, listen to it yourself, and take notes in your Bible. So you're going to be getting so many opportunities to listen and to hear the Word of God. The third thing that you're going to be getting during this campaign is through the small group structure, we're going to be doing a little series called Lectio, which is how, physically, how to read the Bible. We're going to be doing that with Pete Gregg, watching some video talks and discussing those in our small groups and practicing how do I actually read the Bible? How do I actually meditate on it? 
How do I pray when I've read the Bible? How do I put this into practice when I go to work or school or college? So the opportunities over the coming weeks to hear the Word of God are going to be multiple and manifold. And I'm very excited to do that through the singing of songs and the sacraments that we take and the sermons that we preach. And sometimes, down the, the, the ages for me and down my many years of being a Christian, God has spoken to me through a song or a scripture or when we've been together in church. And Richard Marrow, a professor and a theologian, uh, when questioned how he could be so, so au fait with the word, how he always seemed to have a fresh word, he said it's because during those winter seasons, like an ant, I have stored up, I have stored up, I have stored up God's word in my heart so that I, I know it and I have it and I've imbibed it and I can then live it and speak it and have it in those dry seasons when it's not coming to me fresh. So Jesus said, and this is what we're going to be doing in these coming weeks, the seed, if it's going to fall on good ground, if your heart's going to be good ground in the coming weeks, have a good and a noble heart. Have a soft heart and pray to God before this starts. God, soften my heart to be impressionable and to receive your word. Hear the word. Put yourself in as many environments in these coming weeks to hear the word of God in the personally in a small group, in the morning services, in the evening services, as much as you can take it in, as much as you can take the notes, be, be ready to hear the Word of God because the Word of God will come to you and you'll see things freshly. The third thing that Jesus said is if we're going to receive this Word and be fruitful ground for it, he said you've got to retain the Word. The, the, the seed that... Um, on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and who retain it. We've got to retain it. We've got to hold it fast. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. It's not just enough to hear it. You have to retain it as well. Have you ever read a book, maybe the Bible, or maybe a, a book, and uh, another book, and you've read, you, you may be a little bit tired, you've read five pages, six, you've read a chapter, and you get to the end, you think, I have no clue what I've just read. No clue whatsoever. It's just kind of gone right over my head. I've read it, but I've not retained it. Have you ever driven somewhere in the car, and then got there, and you think, how did I get here? <laughs> I have no clue. I just, I was miles away. Have you ever had a shower, and stood there thinking, have I washed my hair or not? I can't remember. <laughs> so I'm looking around for soap suds and shampoo. Did I, I can't remember. Sometimes we just switch off. Have you ever had a conversation with a friend or husband and wife and they're talking and white noise and uh, you think, I just actually didn't hear a word that they said. I was listening, or I wasn't, but I didn't retain it. It's so important as we, as we hear God's word that we retain it. There's certain things, I don't know if, if it's the same for you, do you remember certain things that you, some of you are still there, but that you learned at school and that you can still remember? You remember certain things that you learned in Sunday school if you went there and you still remember? I remember um, learning Shakespeare off by heart for my, what was then O-levels, now GCSEs. And uh, I remember the Merchant of Venice and Shylock hath a dog money, is it possible? A cur can lend 3,000 ducats. And uh, I remember learning these quotes of Shakespeare so I could write them in my 
essays. I remember Friday afternoons with Mr. Mitchell learning Latin declensions. And I can still remember them for, um, to prepare parole, paras, parat, paramus, paratus, parant, parawi, parawisti, parawit, parawimus, parawistis, parawarant. I can still remember my German prepositions that we learned off by heart with Mr. Freem. I can still remember sitting with um, uh, Kathleen Matthews, my Sunday school teacher, and her teaching us the Bible stories. And I can still remember them. I retained them and learned them and made them a part of my life. And what we're going to be doing in these coming weeks, as well as hearing the Word of God, we want to retain it in our hearts in a way that changes us and transforms us. Now, there's some very practical way that we retain things and how we learn things. Um, one of the things that helps us, if you can and you will, is to take notes. And so in your inspired notebooks in the coming weeks, there are sections for your daily readings, but also for your weekly sermon notes to actually actively listen to the Word of God and to write it down and to retain it and to revisit it. And you'll be amazed what stands out to you when you take the time to write it down, even to follow the structure of a sermon and to write down what's being said or the key points or to write down what you think God might be saying to you on a daily basis and to go back to it and to visit it. Another thing that we're going to be doing um, is we are going to be learning scripture together. I think I've got some memory cards in my bag there that I meant to bring up and show you. Oh, no, they're here, they're here. Um, so in your packs, if you buy the resources for this Inspired series, what we're going to be doing together right across the church in, uh, in adults and children and youth is that we have got um, some memory verses. One, two, three, four five, six, seven memory verses that over the seven-week series, one a week, we're going to be learning. So you've, you've got these, you can put them on your mirror at home or on your fridge or wherever uh, you will see them regularly. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Psalm 19, verse 7. And we have, some of them are longer. Um, we've got a, a good chunk of uh, Psalm 1 here. We've got um, Hebrews 4. The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. But we're going to try together uh, to learn these scriptures and to retain them. And uh, we're going to be challenging you to do that. We're going we're gonna to have some challenges in church where the kids and the youth can compete against the adults. And uh, these things often come down to challenge the pastor or something. So I'm going to have to make sure I learn these really well before I get hijacked by a five-year-old who's learnt it <laughs> off by heart. But we're going to have fun with it. And uh, as we read every, every day and commit it to memory, there are verses that I learned as a child or as a young person that I still can um, speak um, without looking at. And, um, and it's just a good thing to retain the Word of God so that maybe at night when you can't sleep or when you're driving to work or something's going on at college or 
that the Word of God is in us. Madame Guion said that sometimes we flit like bees or we flit across the Word of God and we don't retain it. We kind of, we skim across it and nothing goes in and stays there. But she said when we read God's Word, we've got to be like the bee that goes down into the flower and takes the nectar and makes the honey and, and the pollen. And we've got, we've got to retain God's Word in a way that sticks with us. And so that's what we're going to be trying to do in these coming weeks. We're not only going to be hearing the Word of God, but we want to retain it as well in a way that will change us and transform us, the transformative Word of God. And we, we hear God's Word, we recognize it, and it sticks in our hearts. And uh, that's the third thing that Jesus said, and we're one away from having fruitful, crop-producing ground. The final thing, that Jesus said in that verse as he told this story of the seed that was sown. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. If you were taking notes this morning, this, these would be the points you were making. Um, the noble and good heart, the soft heart that's ready to receive God's word, who hear the word, putting yourself into that place to hear the word in many ways and, and settings who retain it through these things that we'll be doing. But finally, that by persevering, they produce a crop. By persevering. There's a book that was written a, a while ago in a business context by, by, in, uh, by Jim Collins. It's called Good to Great. And he looked at why certain businesses prosper. And one of the things that he looked at was he called it the flywheel effect. And he said when companies start or when certain things start, the flywheel is very hard to get going. There's a sense of trying to move something that's got very little momentum. But as you keep pushing it and keep moving it, it grows a momentum and a speed and, and, and an energy that comes from what he called in his book the flywheel effect, stickability, along obedience in the same direction. In Romans chapter 15, verse 4, everything that was written, Paul says, that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Those two things go together, endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures. Sometimes we want an overnight answer, don't we? We want overnight movement. We want an overnight word of the Lord. We want God to speak to us. We want things to change. And, and, but, but those two things come together, endurance and the encouragement of the scripture when Jesus is speaking about seed, the seed of the word of God that produces fruit in people's lives, he says they've got to persevere. Part, part of that is waiting for the seed to, to bed down and to produce fruit and crops. And the farmer knows, as the Bible tells us, look at the farmer, they know that you've got to sow the seed, but then you've got to wait. And if you're going to produce a harvest, you've got to be patient. And sometimes I think we try and achieve too much in a year and not enough in five years. Sometimes I think we, we want those overnight movements in our lives and in our hearts. Amy Grant want, sings a song that I was listening to one time when I was getting impatient with God and with circumstances. And she sings, it takes a little time sometimes to get your feet back on the ground. And it takes a little time sometimes to get the Titanic turned back around. And it may not be over by morning, but Rome wasn't built in a day. 
You can name this thing a thousand times, but it won't make it go away. And sometimes it takes a little time. And one of the reasons as a church that we do campaigns, a 42-day campaign, is the research that shows that it takes 40 days to establish a habit. And one of the reasons that we want to persevere if on day one you think, well, this is a bit hard, or week one, I'm struggling to keep up. But as you produce the habit in your life of, of daily and then weekly and then monthly, you find that as you persevere, things start to change. The, the fruit starts to grow. Uh, the crop starts to come through. And God starts to change your circumstances and your heart through the persistent word of God over a long period of time. The softening of a heart, the changing of a circumstance. Therefore, Jesus says in this parable, be very careful how you listen. Consider carefully how you listen. In the Old Testament story, Eli said, you're going to have to learn, Samuel, to listen to God's voice. So say these words, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I'm listening, God. And Samuel starts to discern the voice of God. For some of us, perhaps, for whom faith is a strange concept, for whom Christianity is unfamiliar, it's a good starting point to say, God, if you're there, speak to me. Speak into my life. Do something, God. Reach my heart. Produce faith in me. But start to open your ears, your heart, to the possibility of an encounter with a living God. If you're an established Christian, perhaps, whose heart has become a little bit calloused, a little bit hard, it's not very impressionable to the Word of God, to the quiet whisper of the Holy Spirit. In these coming weeks, let's prepare our hearts to have good and noble hearts, one that's given by God anyway, a soft heart, a new heart. Let's hear the Word in as many ways as we can. Open your ears. Be, be listeners in these coming weeks, active listeners. Don't be like Frazier, who's got no clue what was just said. Retain the word, and actively we'll be doing that together and practicing that, and using the art of meditation on God's word, chewing it over, and learning what it is to meditate on a piece of God's word and scripture, and persevere. If you stick at it in these coming weeks, and we do this together, I believe that this would be quite transformative and uh, beyond the 42 days and the seven weeks, I think this will set us off on a trajectory that as we persevere, we will be that soil that produces a crop and, and God's harvest in our lives. So we've been saying in these last few weeks as we've been highlighting Inspired is about to start, we've been asking you to do three things. I'm, I'm asking you again this morning, many of you have done this already. The response has been phenomenal, so thank you for that. Um, but if, if you've not yet, and there's a few left, get your resources in, in the foyer this morning. I think it's £3 for a pack, the memory versus a pen, the book. It's £1.50 for children and youth materials. And a number of you have come and said, here's one for me, and here's one for someone that can't afford it. So if you can't afford it this morning, then take one of those free ones that's been bought for you by someone else. But every one of us, if we can, that's the first thing we're saying. Get the resources Secondly, sign up for a group. If you're not a small group person, we've got nine new groups. We're just saying for this series alone, for seven weeks, 
meet up with some other Christians in the week and make sure you're watching those Pete Gregg videos and engage in it. It'll just give you another level of uh, encounter with God and with his word. And thirdly, the third thing we're asking you to do is to take part daily. And that's completely up to you. Engage with the daily readings, engage with the daily notes, listen to the daily video notes, and then engage with one another and with God. And as we do that, I think like Samuel, we will be people that begin to hear and recognize the voice of God. It's going to be an exciting time. God wants to speak to you. God wants to meet with you. And God is going to encounter you. And I'm up for it, and I hope you are too. And um, that we're going to be inspired. All scripture, the Bible says, is inspired by God. He breathes into it. But also, we want to be inspired in a way that we just think, I cannot wait to do this. I am inspired again. My Bible has been gathering dust for too long. I am inspired to hear and read the Word of God. I think God is going to speak to me. Are you up for that? I know. I think most of you are.